You are listening to Riverhouse Church's Sermon of the Week. We hope this talk equips and inspires you. Hey, Riverhouse. Welcome to Marketplace Sunday. I am excited to introduce to you our speaker for this service, which is Megan Bailey. Megan has been a revival leader within Riverhouse for the last year and a half and has a powerful prophetic voice uh, that she expresses and uses uh, leading a business alongside her husband, Scott. Uh, on a weekly basis. I'm so excited for what Megan has to offer. She is a fierce heart and just seeks Jesus with a tenacity that I know is going to be contagious and come out of her and hopefully spill out on all of us tonight. So let's just stand and welcome Megan as she comes to speak tonight. one for warm-ups, so I'm going to actually start by telling you a vision that I had right here on the floor. Um, It was one of the most powerful encounters I had with the Lord, and I was laying there, and I saw this really simple vision, and in this vision, I was high above the Treasure Valley, and I saw the Treasure Valley as a whole, and I saw pockets of light all over the Treasure Valley, and zooming in on the light, there were individual lights that were people and the people who were letting their light shine for the world. And these people were on fire for God and they were moving in him and they loved him wholeheartedly and they were serving. And there were also pockets of darkness all over the Treasure Valley. And I saw this vision from afar and this light was moving to the dark places and these people were infiltrating the dark places. And at the same time, the people that were in the dark places were coming toward the light. So it was like this two-way motion. And the look, on, I, the Lord let me see the look on these people's faces that were leaving the darkness. And it was as if it was something, they were seeing something that they never knew existed, but it, they had always prayed for and hoped for and yearned for. And um, it was like the hope that they always needed. And so it was like this look on their face that the Lord showed me was so tangible and so clear. And um, so as the light was moving both toward the darkness and the darkness was moving toward the light, eventually the entire Treasure Valley was filled with the light. And I felt so um, overcome that that is God's heart for the Treasure Valley and, and beyond. And this is our mission at River House, that it would be in Boise as it is in heaven. And he brought me to Isaiah 60 that depicts this vision very clearly. It says, rise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. And I just wanted to cast a vision on where we want to go tonight, and so I'm going to pray. So, Lord, I just thank you so much for this, um, this evening, God, and, and like Riley said, we're all here because of your great sacrifice, Lord Jesus, and I pray that it would be so, that people in the Treasure Valley and beyond would know you as King Jesus, as Lord Jesus, and they would turn, you, turn to you, God, and I just pray that we would catch your heart for the marketplace tonight, and God, I just ask that you would anoint my words and anoint every ear to hear what they're supposed to hear, and every heart would be um, made congruent with your path and your purpose for them, God, and so I 
I just thank you that today is the day that we leave and tomorrow our marketplace ministry would never look the same. So I just ask you and thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. So I was going to title this message, Let's Flip Boise on its Head. <laughs> but I thought that sounded a little graphic. So there's this song that I love that I first heard from Lindy Conant called Take Courage. And there's a lyric, or I think it's the chorus, and it says, there's a yes in our hearts that carries through eternity. Simple obedience changes history. Has anybody heard that? So that's entirely too long for a uh, message title. So I, I just shortened it and kind of put it together, and it, I, the title tonight is, Our Simple Yes Will Change History. And I just want to talk tonight a little bit about the power of our yes, and I think it's so amazing, and I, isn't our worship team absolutely phenomenal? They're amazing. I feel like sometimes we could just leave after worship and we'd be fine. But um, I feel like God's heart is our radical yes right now, 10 minutes ago. He wants it to look the same when we leave this place. And the marketplace is anything and anywhere we go outside of these walls. So he wants us to capture his heart, his yes, outside of these walls. And he wants us to be as passionate about our yes here as we are at the grocery store, as we are at our workplace, as we are taking our kids to games and just everywhere we go. And so my heart tonight is that we would catch the heart of God for our marketplace. And I believe if we were to see a map of the whole Treasure Valley, we, our feet, every one, every one of our feet would cover the entire Treasure Valley in like a month. And so if we can just catch that we're on assignment and that he has our yes and we have his yes, oh my goodness, watch out, Boise. We're going to turn it on its head. So I want to start with Matthew 10. So Matthew 10, if you brought a Bible, if not, you can lean over the shoulder of your neighbor. Matthew 10, verse 7. This is one of my favorite verses, or at least the first phrase is one of my favorite phrases in all of the Bible. So Matthew 10, verse 7. This is Jesus sending his disciples out among the people, and he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that is my favorite phrase, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, and how do we do this? Freely you have received, freely give. And there's a passage that I'm thinking of right now in 1 Corinthians that says that it's the Holy Spirit's delight to tell us the things that we've been freely given by the sacrifice of Jesus. And so I'm so passionate about the kingdom of heaven being at hand because my story, if you were to read Luke 15, my story is not the prodigal son, but I was the daughter in that story. I was the prodigal daughter. And God rescued me, and I actually didn't come running. I was still in the, in the lifestyle of wild living, not even interested in God at all. And he came in his mercy and rescued me and plucked me out and brought me into the light. And so I am so passionate. I, my first encounter with the Lord was a kingdom of heaven at hand experience. It was sovereign. It was so beautiful. He delivered me, and it was miraculous. And then later on in my journey... I actually had debilitating asthma, and I learned that the Lord Jesus was a healer, and he took stripes on his body so that we could be healed, and I had, my asthma was healed completely, and so I have this passion for people to know the goodness of God, 
and I have this passion to bring the kingdom of heaven at hand, and there is no such thing as an ordinary day as a Christian. And our feet are so anointed with the gospel and our hands and our, our eyes. And I, I'm going to go into this more later, but I just want you to know that my story started from God picking me up and pulling me from the darkness to the light. And I experienced his wonderful mercy and grace. And so Scott and I have a medical business. We have um, had this business for, I don't know, over 10 years or so. And uh, our yes to God in the marketplace has taken us to some pretty phenomenal places. And the kingdom of heaven has, a, has been at hand um, in so many testimonies. Um, it's honestly pretty wild. And in our own business, my goal is to engage with the hearts of people and to create family. And I want people who come into our store and receive medical equipment to, to experience the kingdom of God. And sometimes that means laying hands on the sick. Sometimes that means giving a word of encouragement. Sometimes that means just being a listening ear and serving well and being excellent in character. Well, it always means being excellent in character. <laughs> but the, my yes has taken me to the grocery store, and I don't have ordinary grocery store experiences. And uh, I could tell you about testimonies of being at restaurants and, and people tasting and seeing the goodness of God. And probably more Uber drivers than not receive healing. And, and God is all about redeeming his people. And in his heart, there is a plan of redemption for every single person we encounter. And most people are going to encounter the Lord outside of these church walls. And if most of us are not called to be on staff at the church, we have to take this assignment so seriously and the, the, the weight of it and the majesty of it and the privilege of representing the Lord outside of these walls is honestly amazing. <laughs> but there is hindrances sometimes to us saying yes to God. And while I could sit, stand up here and tell you amazing, amazing testimonies of all God has done and brought the kingdom of heaven at hand, I will tell you that one of the biggest hindrances to my yes and probably our yes to God is busyness. And I pride myself in getting a lot done in a little time, and my, my basic pace in walking is like super fast. <laughs> so I heard Todd White say this when he was here, that we're always in a hurry to go nowhere, and when we do, we miss the very people God puts in front of us. And I felt like he said that to me. And so since then, I've slowed my pace, and I've got my eyes open, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready for him to interrupt me. But the biggest thing that my yes has been hindered is fear and fear of man. And uh, I want to tell you about the first part, the vision I just told you about in the Treasure Valley. I actually had a vision before that. And uh, I was laying on the floor under the power of the Holy Spirit. It was wild. I'd never encountered anything like that before. But I'm laying there, and God is bringing to me face after face and encounter after encounter and conversation after conversation where people are pouring their heart out to me and they're crying out for help and I say nothing and I did not tell them that I knew Jesus and there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scenarios where he was bringing where people were coming and I was silent and it was basically like I was denying Jesus and as he's playing this real in front of me, I, I, my heart was crushed under the weight of conviction that I could love God and I could tell him yes 
five times out of 10, it's almost as if I was like, well, that's good enough. Five out of 10 is pretty good. And um, then I saw Jesus, and he was on the cross, and his face was marred and disfigured beyond recognition. And he was hanging there, and his sides were pierced, and his body was broken. And he looked at me in my eyes, and it was as if he was saying, am I worth it to you? Is this worth your yes? And uh, my heart, honestly, was in a million pieces. And I felt like Peter, who denied Jesus in the courtyard three times and just wept bitterly. But the amazing thing is God started to show me. Then he showed me the, the treasure valley, the, the, the vision of the treasure valley. And he said, I'm going to use you and I'm going to use your people to spread the light so that the valley will know the Lord Jesus. And so I emerged from this place with this heavy, weighty purpose in my heart. Like Peter, when he saw Jesus after he resurrected, and he just jumped in the water with his coat and all of his clothes on. He was so, yes, I'm ready to say yes. I've been waiting to say yes. I want to say yes at any, any time, any way. I will not trade influence for truth. And to even say that, it sounds so gross, but I did that time and time and time and time again. Influence for truth. Fear of man. Hmm? No, I don't think I'm going to tell him about Jesus. I don't think I'm going to, oh, God, I know you're saying to do this, but I don't think I'm going to do it. And so my life, although it looked bold from the outside, it was riddled with compromise. And so now I feel like God's given me this second chance as he does all of us. And his mercy is just, it undoes me. And I go about my day, and I'm slower, and I'm deliberate, and I have this awareness about me. And so I, I just, I, don't, I think about like the, the heroes in Hebrews 11 that didn't even know Jesus and didn't even know his resurrection and yet they were willing to be sawn in two and crucified and tortured and imprisoned and yet my little feeble fear of man. And it was like this perspective shift that maybe many of you have already had. <laughs> but I want to just take a brief look at Jesus's life and I thought about, okay, what could a life look like that said yes over and over wherever we went and no place was untouchable by the goodness of God. And so I look at Jesus and Jesus was sent obviously by the Father and he was fully subject to the Holy Spirit and he was our yes. He only did what the Father was doing. He only said what the Father was doing. And he moved, and there were so many kingdom of heaven at hand experiences that the entire world couldn't contain all of the testimonies if they were written down. And he lived for three and a half years, one man under the power of the Holy Spirit. He was God, but he was also fully man, living a life so subject, so yielded to the Holy Spirit. Everywhere he went, tax collectors, I mean, everywhere he went, and yet the whole world, what could it look like if we gave God our yes everywhere we went? And he has more than three and a half years. What could it look like? Could we actually fill the Treasure Valley with the testimony of Jesus so much so that the whole area wouldn't be able to contain all the testimonies exploding from people coming to know the goodness of God? And I always think about Jesus. He, he wasn't this... He wasn't this invitation that was afar off. He actually said, John said this, that just as he has, so are we in this world. And greater things will we do. 
And so this is an invitation to us that we could actually live our lives fully saying yes to God outside of these church walls. Oh, doesn't that get you guys excited? So good. So I want to give you a couple testimonies, but I kept getting a picture. It doesn't matter if our yes feels small or our yes feels big. Just like a small pebble or a big rock dropped into a pond, it still has ripple effects all the way to the edge. So we, don't, we sometimes justify or, or maybe write off our small yeses, but I want to talk to you a little bit about what my yes looks like. And my yes to God takes me first in the secret place where I pray for every single one of my coworkers. I pray and I, I ask God, I say, what, what do you have for these people? And I, I want his heart for every single person that I work with. And I'll pray and I'll ask God, is there somebody or someone that you have for me today that you want to show your goodness? Is there someone or somewhere you want me to go that will bring the kingdom of heaven at hand? And when I first practiced doing this, when I first practiced saying yes, I crafted cards for so many people, and I would, God would give me a name and a face, and I would craft a card, and then I would go and, and deliver it, and that way it didn't feel like you always had to be, like, on the spot. And so I did that bit by bit, but my number one way of bringing the kingdom of heaven at hand is walking everywhere that I go, I mean anywhere, work, grocery store, anywhere, I walk with an awareness that he's always speaking, an attentiveness of how he sees each person. And I want to walk in obedience and just that heavy purpose. And I want to try to know, God, what do you see about this person? What do you love about this person? What is your heart for this person? And I walk and <laughs> I walk and I try to really see people. And that's how my yes has, has God's used my yes in very simple ways. And so this small pebble that I want to tell you about God was sanctifying my patience. Um, this has been many, many days ago. No, years ago. <laughs> and uh, this was right after I got my third speeding ticket and a letter from the Department of Transportation saying that my license would be revoked for one year if I got one more. But that's beside the point. So he said, he said, I want to sanctify your patience through the way you drive. Did you guys notice the driving as it is in heaven tents out there? I was like laying it on my chest. I received this. So... <laughs> So I'm sitting and God says, I want, I want to sanctify your patience through the way you drive. And I drive a lot for work and I go to clinics and doctor's offices and all sorts of places throughout the day. And so I'm sitting in my car and normally I would be very impatient and I'd look next to me and I'd see if this person would want to race me. <laughs> so, but I'm practicing patience because <laughs> we don't pray for it because we have it, right? So I look over and... God says, tell her that she is a great mom. And very simple. So I get her attention, and she rolls down her window, and, and uh, I look at the back seat maybe to hope to see some car seats, baby seats, nothing. And so I was like, no, I'm going to be obedient. So I was like, I'm sitting here in traffic, as you are too. And um, I just felt like God wanted to tell me that you were a great mom. And then he started to reveal to me about this young woman all the things she does in the secret place that nobody sees that he appreciates about her. And she just starts weeping. And then the light turns green, and then, we go, and then I left. <laughs> so the whole point of that story is that the yes feels small, and sometimes we don't know the ripple effect that it's going to make. But I 
fantasize and I dream about the moment we're all going to be in heaven and we're going to be talking about the ripple effect. We're going to be, we're going to be, oh my gosh, did you see how God used my yes over here? Did you see what God did with this kingdom of heaven at hand experience over here? And I think we're going to be just so elated with the ripple effects, how it's going to touch every single area, every single facet of our valley. And I, I, I don't know why. Do you guys think about that? Oh, it's just so, it, it, it makes me feel like purposeful and empowered. And, and there were times where I, I also teach boxing classes in boot camp. So I, I did until I was on a little bit of a sabbatical. Um, but God would use my boxing classes to prophesy over people. And I remember him just giving me the very basic, tell her she's fearfully and wonderfully made in my morning time. And I would say, well, that's it. And he would he wouldn't give me anything more, and I would just say, okay, yes, I'm going to say yes to God. I'm going to say yes to God, because the greatest gift we can give to God is everything that belonged to Jesus, and that's our whole life. That's our wholehearted approach to life, and so we, I, I told her, I said, hey, you know, I felt like God said you, um, he wanted me to tell you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and she said, what? And um, I said it again, and she said, I don't even know what you're saying. So I pulled out Psalm 139 and I read it and I realized even though this person had sat in church Sunday after Sunday, they never knew that God saw her the way he did and she actually awakened to the Lord Jesus from a different religion. And so there's so many testimonies of God's goodness just exploding forth out of simple. So small rock, don't measure it. Just say yes because it will ripple. It will ripple. So the other way I, I, like to, I like to think about, I felt like God was saying, you know, Jordan even said last week, we want to be leaven in the marketplace. We want to be leaven. We want to release the fruits of the spirit. We want to be joy and peace and patience embodied. We want to be good servants. And we don't want to come in and like, I'm here to bring the kingdom of heaven at hand. We want to come like leaven. But I wanted to say, leaven doesn't work if you're not in relationship. Leaven doesn't rise an atmosphere if you're by yourself as a lone wolf and you don't engage in relationship. It has to be enfolded into ingredients. It has to be enfolded in people so that it can bring rise everywhere we go. And so I felt to encourage everyone, get in relationship in your workplace. Get in relationship with the people you see at the grocery store every day. I mean, wherever you go, engage and become leaven. And so um, the biggest, the last hindrance because Jordan asked me to share some hindrances, and so I have a few, is um, disappointment. And uh, sometimes we say yes to God, and it doesn't turn out the way we thought it would. And disappointment can be like wax on the wick of our lives where we're supposed to shine for the world. But the wax of disappointment actually dims our light and it brings us away. And so I want to tell you about this story. Um, it's one of the most powerful testimonies that I've um, encountered, but it was a very big learning experience. So I was fitting a product, a medical product, uh, at this patient's house. And he had had a stroke. And he was a brilliant businessman, very agile physically, um, maybe in his 50s. And he and his wife were at his house. And I'm, I'm fitting in with this product that we sell, and I'm constantly aware of what God is saying. And I'm not constantly, but I really try to be aware of what God's saying, because I don't want to sound perfect. 
So I'm, I'm fitting in with this product, and I feel like the Lord says, I want you to lay hands on him and pray for healing. And I do that a lot. In fact, when I first got healed from asthma, I prayed for everyone, everyone, until it became almost obligatory. So I'm actually going to pause right here. And if our yes feels obligatory, or if it feels like I have to, or a should, or if we're doing it to get a notch in our belt, that's performance. And so I just, I'll break performance right now in Jesus' name and say that we are actually compelled by the love of God. So performance has no place in our yes. So I'm here, I'm fitting this man, and, I, and God's telling me, pray for him. And as I'm thinking about praying for him, I, I see this vision, and I pray for him in my vision, and he stands up, and we're leaping, and we're jumping, and we're praising the Lord and the, the wife, and we are celebrating because he got up out of his wheelchair, and he was talking, and at that point, he was um, basically rendered, um, he had no ability in his legs, he couldn't talk, he couldn't, he was blinking, um, and he would say, make sounds, but other than that, nothing, it was like he was almost like a corpse, and so I said, okay, guys, I um, have something I feel like I'm supposed to do, and I was wondering if I, I told him about my testimony of asthma, because God wants to multiply our testimony, and so I used my testimony from being brought out of addiction and a horrible lifestyle, and I use that to share with people all over in the marketplace. And people don't think you're a stuffy Christian when you use your testimony. <laughs> so I pray, and I, I tell him, I say, okay, I've, I've, been healed by, I've been healed from asthma. The Lord Jesus is a healer, and I believe he wants to heal you. And would you mind if I prayed for you? And so I don't know how it happened, but we ended in this huddle. <laughs> And so the wife and me and the husband, I'm, I'm down here because he's in a wheelchair, we're huddling. And the presence of God falls in this house. And I start getting words for this woman to affirm her. And she was basically a caretaker for years or a year. And um, I start speaking life over her and I lay hands on him. And the love of God was the most tangible that I've ever experienced. And they were crying. She was dabbing his tears and dabbing her tears and I was getting emotional, and, and then I said, in Jesus' name, and he's still sitting in the chair. My heart did this thing. It, like, got a little bit hard, where my yes had been really malleable, really soft, and that, wait a minute, what just happened? I, I felt like I saw that vision, and it didn't happen, and so I just told them, I said, just keep, keep your eyes open, because God is always up to something good, and he's a healer. And I get in my car, and I roll down the windows, and I just started screaming at the Lord. I was like, you told me to pray for this woman. What happened? Or this man. What happened? Why didn't he get up out of the chair, God? Like, I believe that you can do anything. And uh, for three months, God would say, pray for this person, or go, go share my love with this person. I would tell him, no, no, no. And disappointment, the enemy actually won because I moved away from the Lord. And I started to hide. And I started to say, no, he's disappointing, so I'm not going to say yes to that. And I moved away. And the enemy does that. He uses disappointment to wedge our story and his story. And, and he wants it to be so, oh, just like one. And so I, at about month four, God said, would you allow disappointment to draw you near to me? Would you allow disappointment to cultivate intimacy in your heart? 
so that you can actually start to look more like me and have just a better outcome. And I want to tell you, this is very controversial, but he's not the variable. And I'm not about blaming, but I want to be more like him. And I don't want to allow disappointment to let me say no to becoming more like him. And some of the times when we say yes to God in the marketplace, it might not pan out, but we know that he's good. We know that he's a good and faithful father. So I decided to draw near. And in that space, man, I started saying yes again, and miracles and kingdom of heaven at hand experiences were exploding on the scene. And I felt like I was back in a rhythm. Well, the mercy of God called. And one month later, I get a call. And I'm not really a details person, so I didn't even ask who it was or what it was for. I just knew I was supposed to be at this clinic at this time. And I walk into this clinic, and there's these, uh, it's like a great room filled with um, tables, and everybody's getting treated at the same time. And I walk in, and I look over, and this man, this man stands up, and he said, there she is. There's the one who prayed for me. And he's standing, and he's pointing, and he's talking. And I'm at St. Alphonsus, and I'm like, Jesus! Oh my gosh, Jesus! And I was weeping at the kindness of the Lord because two things. We can't measure the outcome of our yes based on what we see immediately. I don't know why he didn't get healed immediately. And we also don't always get to see a year later what the story is, how the story's unfolded. But God in his kindness let me in on that. And little did I know that month after month after we had prayed, the Lord started doing miracles in this man's life. And he started doing things that the doctors said would never be possible and his body would never do. And month by month, he started to get better until he was standing and walking. <laughs> That's what our yes could do. And his family, his family knows the Lord. Yeah. And I've had simple cards that I've given to people that have wrecked an entire family. And families know the Lord because of a simple card saying how God sees them. It's not, it's not complicated. You don't have to have a PhD and in what everything says in here, be in Bible school, it's for everyone. His yes is for everyone. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is so kind. And Abraham, when he was trudging up that mountain, when he said yes to the promises of God, he had Abraham in tow. His yes to God looked like a big fat failure when he's walking up that mountain getting ready to sacrifice his son, the promise. Yet he knew the faithfulness of God and did not waver. And his yes to God was so much bigger than Isaac. It was so much bigger than Isaac. It had, we're all sitting here because of that yes. We're all sitting here because of someone else's yes. And I just, I really felt like God say, don't give a bunch of how-tos. Let's capture his yes for the marketplace. Because the Holy Spirit is so brilliant. He knows everything, everything about everything. And if we can just be yielded like Jesus and walk and do what the Father's saying, oh my goodness, 
this valley will not be the same. This valley will taste and see the goodness of the Lord. And so I, um, oh my goodness, I just get so excited about, <laughs> I'm trying to temper it, but maybe I shouldn't. But <laughs> So I felt like God said, in our yes, there will be a marketplace revolution. A marketplace revolution. I want to read this to you, 1 Corinthians 2. I has not seen, you guys have heard this? Nor ear heard, nor have entered the hearts of man, the things God has planned are prepared for those who love him. But did you know it doesn't stop there? Verse 10, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit of God searches, the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And so in the heart of God, he's actually shown us the destiny for us, for every person. And this destiny is something that's something like this. No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor, nor entered the heart, the things God has planned for him. Do you believe that about you? Do you believe that about your workplace? Catch the heart of God. I want us to catch the heart of God. And I want us to blur the lines between sacred and secular. I want us to blur the lines between ministry and work. Because if God has called us to our workplace and he's provided this place for us, we have his yes. And we need to adopt a Jewish mindset that says work is worship. Work is worship. Worship is worship. Work is worship. <laughs> Everything we do, grocery shopping is worship. <laughs> I didn't know I was a preacher. Maybe I am. <laughs> Being our kid's coach is worship. Everything is worship to God. Everything. And he's about redeeming the time, redeeming the souls, redeeming. And I just felt like there's a story that this, um, I just, maybe not too long ago, read in the newspaper where this, this custodian of a school, do you guys read about him? Here in the Treasure Valley, he would sing. And the, the halls were filled with praises to the Lord because his work was worship. And think about the atmosphere that we could actually bring to our workplace if we could worship. Paul is my marketplace hero. He made tents with such a posture of worship that the clothing could be taken from his body, the sweat rag around his head, the handkerchief could be laid on the sick. He is our marketplace hero. Could we work in such a way that the clothing from our bodies could be anointed with the spirit of God? Could we, could we be so saturated wherever we go that our shadow could heal like Peter? I mean, that is amazing. So I, I felt like God was saying there is dissatisfaction in the marketplace right now because we haven't caught the assignment that we're on. So if you're sitting here and you feel dissatisfied, sometimes God does that to move you to a new place. But if you're dissatisfied, it's because we haven't caught the heart of God for our, for our place. We don't know the, the heart for the, his heart for the people. And so I just know that the Holy Spirit is actually coming and, and resetting this and resetting our vision. And did you know that the number one thing people want in the workplace? They're hungry and thirsty for purpose. And we have the bread of life. And we have the Holy Spirit that says that we drink of him and we thirst no more. And so we can offer this. So I, really quickly, I want to tell you our biggest influence at our business is being upright and excellent in character. Yes, we bring the kingdom of God at hand, but 
People have come to us in droves. We've been able to pray for doctors and nurses. I mean, we've been able to touch so many people in the medical field. But the number one thing is we don't respond to harshness with harshness. We respond with gentleness. And we don't respond to greed with self-protection or self-preservation, but we respond in generosity. And so we move in the spirit of God, and people are like, who are you? What are you guys doing? And that has been the number one way that we actually, um, we, we can act, bring the kingdom of heaven at hand. And so I actually wrote down a couple of things that I felt like God wanted to do in the marketplace. And I just really, oh, how many of you work um, outside the home? Most of us? Okay. How many of you work in the home? How many of you are hoping to work outside the home? Okay, cool. All right, so it's kind of a wide range of people. But I wanted to say, God is looking for a group of people who will be so open and so radical in their yes that nothing would be impossible for him. He wants a people who are so bold for his name that we wouldn't shrink back, we wouldn't compromise, we wouldn't trade influence for truth like I did. He's looking for a people who will slow down and not cram our schedules with busyness so that we can release the fragrance of Christ everywhere we go. He is looking for a people that won't be limited by problems, that won't be limited by stifling environments at the workplace, but will fully come and bring the kingdom and, and break bondage. I just saw such light pouring forth. If we could all do this in our workplace, oh my goodness, if we could all do this at the grocery store, oh, this would be so amazing. So what I'd like to do is I've been writing down these um, ideas, and I feel like these are just seeds. But I'm going to read to you something, and I want to read to you a list. And if you feel the Holy Spirit moving, or if you think this is something that you want to say yes to, I want you to stand. And when you stand, you are saying yes to receiving the seed, but taking it to the secret place with God and allowing him to cultivate it and to unfold it. All right? <laughs> I do have lots of how-tos, but maybe, a maybe another day. This is generic, so you don't have to stand for this one, but God is looking for people who will use their gift and bring the heart of God to their workplace in love and creating family, in joy and in peace. Now, these next ones, if you want to stand and just receive as a prophetic declaration, yes and amen to this promise, I want you to do that. So I feel like God is releasing a Barnabas anointing to be an encourager in the workplace an encourager that will bring keys and create dynamic relationships and meaningful relationships where we're leavened, so for natural encouragers. I feel like God is releasing a divine alertness and awareness that's undistracted and uncompromising. There's a holy boldness that I received in September. 
There are people who are visionary. There's the Daniels in here that have the Daniel anointing that are excellent and they're promoted because they're visionary and they're excellent in spirit and they're excellent in their ways. The Daniel anointing. There are people who are prophetic in their workplace that can pull out identity and speak hope in any situation. I believe that business is the solution to every problem in society. Kingdom business. Kingdom business is the solution. I believe there are businesses and, and movements with philanthropic missions that bring solutions to fund the kingdom, to solve problems, and to break the back of systemic poverty. I know this by the Spirit of God. I know this, and I already know testimonies of people who are doing this. God is creating entrepreneurs who will create business and franchises that release the kingdom. There are businesses already in existence who will partner with nonprofits and other people who are already solving problems and they're giving, they're gonna give portions to movements. So their business will have a purpose. It didn't, but it will. There are, God's creating teams. I saw teams of entrepreneurs coming together and collaborating, collaborating to create and release the kingdom and economy. The days of being a lone wolf businessman or businesswoman are over. God is about creating teams, 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 teams. God is developing strategies and curriculums for schools and homeschools that develop kingdom character and bring about transformation and education. In fact, there are teachers, there are teachers who God is anointing to pull out the, pull out the identity in kids to bring hope, to break suicide, to bring salvation. There are teams of teachers. I actually used to do this. I used to teach school. There are teams of teachers who will walk around the premise and say, this is my property. I release the spirit of God in this property. Pray over desks. Pray over everything. <laughs> I saw clearly that there are ideas and outlines for curriculum that bring restoration to family and restoration to fathers. There is a movement, there is a movement and there will be a movement that is birthed from this house that restores the hearts of fathers to their families. There are universities and schools just like Oral Roberts but better that are going to be here that will be a beacon of kingdom activity universities and schools. There are designers, clothing, jewelry, articles with ideas that reflect and carry the beauty and the anointing of heaven. There's Bezalel anointing. The Bezalel anointing is for people who are architects, craftsmen, woodworkers, gifted with their hands that can create the beauty of God, the beauty of God in creation. Bezalel, Bezalel. There's gonna be, just like there are buildings now in the Treasure Valley that people ooh and ah over, there's so much more to come. There's so much more to come. So much more to come. 
God is releasing creative ways to illustrate the gospel in dance, in art. There are businesses that create movement and joy. And I actually have a proposal into the largest private gym right now that I'm proposing to bring classes, fitness classes, that are worship and prayer. I saw this. There are people who are in politics or desire to be in politics that God is raising up. I saw this when I voted a couple years ago. The ballot changed in front of my eyes and there were names of people from this house who were going to be voted into politics that would bring about change in legislation. And I saw videographers and journalists who will use media to illustrate good news and it will actually create an appetite for good news and not bad news. Just like Richie when he was here last uh, May that God is releasing algorithms that will solve problems in math and in science. This science sounds wild, but there was a guy once that was painting in Colorado and he got a medical cure for cancer from the Lord. A medical cure for cancer. So there are cures, solutions, innovations and inventions, restauranteurs, culinary artists, people who love to work with food. I saw that there were food um, combinations that were just wild, but they also had anointing for breakthrough in food allergies. Just like the pizza shop that heals gluten. Have you guys heard about that one? It's a true story. There are events that are going to be in Boise that bring people from all over the world as they experience the kingdom of God. There's retreats and restoration centers. There are campuses. There are holistic hospitals. There are doctors and nurses and medical personnel that are discerning, that God wants to release a gift of discernment so that they can get to the root cause and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There are healing rooms, creative centers. This is something that's on my heart. Creative centers for kids, like a, like a boys and girls club gone wild for the kingdom that teaches and trains and anoints and equips and partners with kids and adults alike. There are mentoring systems that go citywide, mentoring systems that go nationwide. There are prophetic groups that are gathering to pray over neighborhoods. They'll adopt a neighborhood, adopt a family. There's prophetic people in Sacramento right now that partner with the police department to locate missing kids. They use their gift of prophecy to locate missing children. Why not? Why not? There is a prophetic expression that will explode from this place that the marketplace will need. They will need, they will need. There are intercessors who adopt families, salespeople who have the divine ability to meet quota and people come asking. That, ha that happened to Scott. His atheist boss asked, how do you do that? And he got to testify of the Lord. <laughs> art galleries that usher in a prophetic encounter. I saw art that had names of people with the meaning of the names that was declaring identity that went like, I don't know what viral for art means, but it went all over the nation and nurseries and kids' rooms had this art that had their name and their meaning exploded with purpose and identity. Musicians that developed the sound of hope for generations and generations and generations and generations. In James 1, it says, be a doer of the word. And the word do means to make and create. So God is releasing a creative anointing to do the word. Cake bakers, dancers. I mean, he, he's a genius. 
There are CEOs and business owners and leaders in the business uh, culture that are creating families within the corporation. Our staff meetings, our inner healing meetings, our staff meetings, our words of encouragement, what we love about everyone. And I just know that there's so much deeper places we can go in the marketplace and business. There's consulting firms and finance teams that teach people how to bring kingdom culture and steward and release abundance. Oh my gosh, I have more, but properties, real estate, developers that adopt areas that will be beacons for kingdom activity. I just release this yes, this yes over this people. God, I say, I pray over every seed, every person standing, I pray over every seed. I pray that every person would take the time to take these seeds to the secret place, God, and let them unfold. Let them be birthed. Let them be worked out by you, God. God, I pray that no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor entered hearts of man the things that you have planned for those you love. And God, I thank you that you revealed all of this to us. It's your great pleasure. And so I just break compromise. I break fear. I break disappointment. And I say yes, 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 yes to the marketplace. I say yes to dreaming with God. Tomorrow, wherever your feet take you, I pray that you would never look at these people and this environment the same, that you would know you are on assignment. You're on assignment. The Spirit of God is calling you forth. <laughs> and the last thing I wanna say is, if you've never tasted and seen the goodness of God, if you don't know Him as a good, good, good Father, there's people that'll be up here to pray. I just sense that there's a deeper place for all of us in the marketplace. And so I just think you guys are a creative, amazing bunch of people. And let our yes be as passionate in here, out there as it is in here. Thanks for listening to the Riverhouse Podcast. For more information, visit riverhouseministries.com.